We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, anyways. <laughs> just want to throw that in. You ain't shit. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oof. I'm joking. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> I'm Amelia Sampson. And I'm Liz Ball. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming to Mass. Yeah. So this is what happened last week, folks. I was, I had done most of the editing of the episode and um, I was like switching back and forth between uh, two different recordings and I went to finish editing last week's episode and the main brick of like audio we had recorded was gone entirely fucking gone and I was like is this a joke <laughs> I thought it was a night like this sounds dramatic and, but I woke up and I thought that I was having a nightmare when I saw your text I was like there's no way there's I no way. was <laughs> I was literally screaming I almost started crying but luckily I didn't I was like cursing I'm sure my neighbors were like what the hell is going on <laughs> was this a <laughs> do we need to call the police and there was just no way me to yelling at myself Z too Garage Band no. is just like a yeah. little archaic. And it feels a little cosmic that it was deleted because I found myself um, talking about a guy I've been seeing who I like and I wanted the podcast to tell him for me instead of me telling him myself. Uh, so I think that it was kind of, it was nice that I was forced to be honest face-to-face with someone. The universe was like, "Uh uh-uh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Go tell them yourself. (laughs) So, like, we're, the way you guys are going to hear these is going to be, like, out of order when we recorded them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this Wednesday will be this episode, and we're recording it Sunday, and then next Wednesday we will have recorded it, like, what, two weeks ago or something? A while ago. We were so young. Yeah, we were. We didn't know anything. <laughs> so what do you think makes a bad kisser? Oh, ooh, yeah. Um, there is, like, a fine line between having your mouth open too much or too little when you're going towards someone to kiss them. And, like, I feel like I've kissed a lot of people <laughs> that either, like, 
Amelia's like, opening her mouth and like <laughs> you open your mouth and your eyes really wide. <laughs> um, I'm not. It's like Jigglypuff. <laughs> Didn't we talk about that? I think so. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Kirby. Kirby. It's Kirby. <laughs> like what? Are, what are you? Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Sucking so, me in. <laughs> um, so there's that, and then there's also somebody that comes at you with, like, too, too pursed, like... Like, too, yeah. Yeah, like, not just, like, really, um, like, Guantanamo, like, like, you're not getting it's in, just like in there at all. It's just, like, too tight. Yeah, yeah, it's like a... High security. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good... <laughs> you're really good at making that sound. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you sound like a sound effect in a movie. I can't do it. I, I'm, I'm so going to have a new job doing yeah. doing the kissing sound effects Just for The Bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Except those are like... <laughs> and the always goes on way too long. Ugh, I hate mouth noises. I hate mouth noises. No, thank you. Do a mouth... Sound like the vacuum cleaner from Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> really sexy. That's so. me. This is a sexy mouth noise, Liz. <laughs> they call me <laughs> that's what they to should call me <laughs> change your handle yeah. on instagram to <laughs> maybe sexy, sexy. Mouth Liz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe sexy mouth noise Liz. oh, oh that's so funny okay. what what's your opinion on like what um, makes a bad kisser when i think about the the bad kissers i've kissed it's like um yeah open mouth pointy tongue Ugh, the pointy terrible tongue. Con- uh, yeah awful combo uh-uh. or like they're stabbing their tongue in your mouth and you're like what are you doing right if you don't know how to use tongue don't just don't yeah you don't need or, to you don't need to just and or if i, I don't know follow you, you, someone else's lead i guess yeah i don't know but then how do you know if you're a bad kisser you know i guess that's true because nobody ever tells anyone that they're a bad kisser no that's sensitive yeah and i don't think men can handle that no offense men i don't think that you're equipped to handle Kissing criticism from women. 100%. That is so, so true. I want to know if I'm a bad kisser. Well, when you think about how much criticism women are subjected to every day, it's mm-hmm. like, if one guy tells you you're a bad kisser, it's like... Water uh, off a duck's back. Like, yeah. Cool. You're like, well... Noted. That fucking sucks, <laughs> yeah. but... What am I going to do? Never kiss anyone ever Add again? Add on to the roster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, of things that I'm getting criticized about. That's so true. Yeah. What, God, that sucks. We really are so much better at taking criticism <laughs> than Um, I also think stiff lips, you know? Yeah. Have you ever kissed someone with a dry mouth? Yes. You're like... Drink uh, water, sir. Yeah. Stop chewing so much gum. Yeah. That's so true. I also, like... I made out with a guy once who... <laughs> This was so long ago, so long ago, but he, he would breathe in really sharply between kisses. Like, we would be, like, making out, and he'd pull back and be like, (gasps) (laughs) I was like, are you good? Are you good? Are you just forgetting to breathe? Like, why do you need to take such a deep breath? And then when it wasn't sharp breaths, it was still like, (sighs) oh no, I hate that. I was like, are, seriously, like, are you good? Like, do we need, do you have an inhaler anywhere? Like, can we play some music? I don't want to, like, yeah, I don't want to hear this anymore. Maybe he was so nervous that he Maybe. was just, like, <gasps> yeah, like, forgot to breathe. He may, he may have been. I don't know. I mean, we were, we were pretty young. This even, oh. feels, this feels unfair to talk about. because How it was, old were you? Uh, 19. But yeah. it was still, it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was older. He was 21. But it's, like, 
this was very strange. It was it was very very strange. He probably still does that, honestly. Yeah, he probably does. That's so funny. He's probably listening. Like, I think that's that me. me? <laughs> I breathe sharply between kisses. Is that not what I'm supposed to be doing? He probably doesn't notice. <laughs> the only time. So when you said that, I just thought about like if you're singing along to a song and then you like. Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh man. Yeah, no. That's hilarious. Well, now I'm thinking what I want to be told if I was a bad kid. Now that I said that, I'm like, wait, do I want to know if I'm a bad I know that I'm not. (laughs) And also, like, how much of it is just, like... Subjective. Yeah. It's totally... That's so true. I don't know if there are even bad kissers or good... There are are some bad kissers, but for the most part, it's definitely a compatibility thing, I think. Yeah. Like... Some That's people's if your lips, lips don't just, work together. Yeah, if your lips just go together. Yeah. And sometimes after over time, like, maybe if you're both nervous, like, your lips are a little more stiff. Yeah, yeah. And then they, like, once you guys are warmed up. Yeah. It's easier. That's so true. So I always try and give, like, if I'm like, oh, that was not ideal, um, give give them another chance. Mm-hmm. And then be like, okay, I'm going to put it all on you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. see if, if we can... Uh, Improve this little... Yeah, if there's some chemistry yeah and then yeah sometimes there's not uh-huh <laughs> which is always a letdown but it's not the end of the world yeah this um this guy I had gone on a few dates with like I think our second date I was like all right we're just I'm just gonna like go for making out see what happens good for you and it was it was not good it was not good at all man it was like two dates his mouth was just like I had to wipe my face after. No. Yeah. But oh. then it was also, like, his mouth was almost, like, dry. I don't know. Like, you know how your mouth feels when you, like, wake up? Oh, yeah. And that, it's, like, like kind of dry and, like, eh, Like, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. still slobbered on you? I don't know how to describe it. It's, That's disgusting. It was. It really was. Oh, and no. I just, after that, I had no attraction to him anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, also, like, the way he treated me was kind of annoying. Like, um, I know I've mentioned this to you before, but I feel like some guys, like, want me to be... Maternal? Um, no. Like, part maternal, but also part, like, take care of me. Like, I'm a helpless little yeah, girl. Well, you can't... It's one or the other. Like, I don't <laughs> need you. No. And you need to be okay with that. But then they also <laughs> lean on you for emotional yes, stuff. So it's like, yeah. well, do you want to be like, your daughter or your mom? Which one is it? They want both. Yeah. They can't have both. And it's only certain guys. Like, I don't get treated like that by every guy. That's but good. I do... I have noticed that pattern among certain guys. They're like... I want you to be baby, but I also want you to be, like, my emotional support system and my fleshlight. Just, like, can you fuck all the way off into the sun? It's tough because I think a lot of people, not just guys, but we'll talk about guys here, have, like, this self-imposed and maybe societally imposed expectation to be a provider, but then they also have so many gaps that they need filled yep. as well so it's like I'm gonna take care of you but I also need you to stroke my ego constantly mm-hmm. <laughs> and make me feel supported and loved and it's everybody needs support and love but it's like when you spring that on somebody so strong it's so off-putting it's like let me just like take care of you like don't like you know force that piece on me but also like recognize that I don't need you to take care of me but if you need to show me that you love me that way, then fi- it's like just it. I feel like these guys come on way too strong. They try yeah. to like inflict their understanding of what they think that we need from them so intensely, and it's yeah. so off-putting. Whenever I'm treated like a child by a guy, I'm like, it is 
the most frustrating it's, thing it's ever. It's infuriating. Well, also, I think if you, if, um, like, a woman did fit into all of these boxes that they had right away, I don't think that it would be satisfying the way that, like, these types of men think it would be. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure women do the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in a less obvious way. But yeah. I, t- I totally think that, um, like, the men who do this would realize like oh that's not actually what I need because what you actually need is to be happy and confident on your own you can't like lean on someone else to um fill these parts yes of you that you're missing yeah the guy I've been seeing we've talked a lot about how um like different areas of my life I've been like experiencing more and more like infantilization Mm. um like with my parents Mm -hmm. I it's so weird to me that, like, I'm two years older than my brother, and he's still treated like he's older than me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, even their neighbors, I, I don't feel like they infantilize me as much, but, like, they definitely treat me as, like, their second daughter, but they also treat me as, like, their second teenage daughter. Like, I'm almost 30 yeah (laughs) so it's so fucking weird to me when I'm treated like a teenager and sure like maybe I do look like a teenager but I I I don't know but you're not no exactly I'm not a teenager like I am a professional and you know I'm out here working in a field no one knows anything about yes and and you moved across the country to mm -hmm. like you know like start a life for yourself so when you go I'm here on my own I don't ever ask for money like I don't know. So it's it's really weird to me. Like, it, the older I get, the more I experience that because my face is not aging. <laughs> right. I'm not complaining. What a blessing. I'm just, I just want to say I'm yeah. not complaining <laughs> that I look very young. Um, but it is just, like, it, it's a frustration I feel like I run into often. And I also am really thankful that the job I have now, um, when I was being interviewed, we did not do video interviews. And I think that also helped me stand out as a professional who has a lot of experience and knowledge in in what I'm doing. Um, Yeah, but the infantilization thing, like, it is just really interesting to talk to the guy I've been seeing about it and, like, um, because he is so open-minded and Mm -hmm. I don't, he hasn't, like, experienced that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Of, like, looking young and then also being treated like a baby. Yeah. And, um, I also think some of it is a little bit of, like, inherent sexism. Mm -hmm. Like, um, oh, well, my brother, who's two years younger than me and, like, is living on his own and stuff, like, he's working on his career and he's a professional. And then, like, for me, half of the things I face is, like, so are you seeing anybody? Like, when do you think you'll get married? Oh, this is like I'm the- just like, I don't fucking oh. know. Like, I have so much other shit I want to do, and I'm, like, finally, like, starting to make a dent in where I want to be in my career path. So, like, getting married and having kids isn't the front of mind for me right now. I'm yeah. just like, I feel like I'm in, like, college part two in Seattle because I'm like, I finally have, like, the means to just take care of myself and do whatever the fuck I want and, like, no one around me trying to influence me. It's just, like, I'm finally on my own doing what I want and, like, not – I don't have anyone trying to control me. No. And I – like, there's enough distance between, like, me and my parents that um, they can't really, like, infiltrate that. Yeah. (laughs) And I love them and I get along with them so much – so well, but – 
But it's they important do, for you to have that space. Yeah, exactly. For to anyone, have really. to have some more boundaries. Yeah, t- yeah, totally. And I can understand why it gets more frustrating as you've gotten older too, because mm-hmm. it's like you really are fucking killing it, and like you've made so many big life moves for yourself. For, so for you to feel like good and comfortable and confident in this like point in your life that you're in and then to be like sent back you know to like visit family and have people treat you like you haven't made any of this progress it's like no mm-hmm. you pointed out to me we were talking we don't even need I don't want to get into it because yeah you know what but like you said to me it's really frustrating when you put so much effort into being respected and women have to work so much harder to be respected so then to be like it's like the red carpet conversation of like Women on the red carpet always get the, who are you wearing questions. And then men on the red carpet always get like, how did you dig into this character? And like, yeah, how did you prepare for this role? Yeah. It's like, we are having to do double the work. Yeah. And this is tough because it's, it's different for, I, I'm sure. No, I know it's different for white men. Mm -hmm. Like it's really kind of a, it's, it's a white man thing because black men and most white men know it's different for them. Yeah. (laughs) The good ones do. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But, like, we have to just, like, as women have to work twice as hard to get half the distance as white men do. Yeah. So it's, like, when we do it and we're, like, feeling confident with ourselves and then that gets challenged, it's so fucking frustrating. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. Well, and I I know I had mentioned to you because, like, um, you had tweeted, like, the conversation we were having. But I know I had mentioned to you... Um, you want to be, you work so hard to be respected the way you are. Mm-hmm. And I have run into that challenge so many times where it's like, yeah, I am outgoing and I like to be silly and like I have, I like to have a good time, but I'm also more than that. Yes. And it's, it's annoying when you're just like, people amount you to just being like funny and like outgoing and cute. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, but I'll also like, fucking fight you yeah. and yes. <laughs> and I'm really good at my job or whatever we get put so, into boxes with how mm-hmm. we with how we conduct ourselves and it's like why can't why do I have to be serious to be taken seriously yeah yes it's, I can be good at my job and I can be funny on Twitter mm-hmm. like right they're not mutually exclusive this was like mm-hmm. the Hillary Clinton thing I mean I she was completely unelectable and we don't we don't need to talk about politics but she was but it, like a, a huge part of that was because she had to be this robot and mm-hmm. she said it too it's like she can't be emotional she's in her 60s and she was getting 60s 70s i don't know she was getting constant criticism of like well what like what'll happen when she's on her period and it's like are you fucking joking do you know how many yeah. wars were started by men like we yep. don't need to be these like emotionless creatures to be respected yeah like i can have a good time and and laugh and be like quirky and bubbly and I can also be good at my job and smart and have good conversations with people and I think men are allowed to be everything like they're allowed to be all of the above and like it's super celebrated when like Obama was like this like really cool hip like funny would like break out in song during his speeches guy and if and if Hillary became president and did the same it'd be like she's erratic even the way that AOC is treated yes just like this Young, beautiful, smart, mm-hmm. like vicious woman. Yes, doing it all and like constantly criticized for like having a personality. Yes, and it's just so fucking annoying. It's so <laughs> fucked up. It's like her coming on too strong whenever she's like test. You know, like it's just if if you replace her with a man, nothing that she does would ever be criticized ever ever ever. Mm-mm. And it's like. I had a boss who was 
so mean. Like, she was so um, bossy, <laughs> like, very steamrolly. Um, and she got called out for it. And she was like, yeah, but, like, picture me being a man. Like, would this be bad? And everyone was like, no. Like, <laughs> that, like you would just be, like, a strong man. It's, like, and it's fucked up that even I, who is painfully aware of that fact, still fell into that of, like, why is she such a bitch? And mm-hmm. it's like, no, she's just getting her job done the same that a man would be doing it. Yeah. It's just, oh, my God. It's just, like, it's so, and it sucks because, like we're saying, it's so available to people. And people are becoming more and more aware of it, and it's so great. But there's still so much work to do that it's yeah. just, like, <sighs> like, it's, like, having these conversations are so important because it's, like, I don't know, it, it to challenge yourself and to get yourself out of this way of thinking about how you have these, like, gender roles set up in your, in your mind is, it's such an important step for everybody to take. Yeah. People are like, well, I'm not sexist. Like, I have a few sisters, so, like, it's like, no, what? Like, holy, hold on. Like, that doesn't mean you don't need to do the work. Like, you're, everything, all of these ideas of these expectations for genders are constantly reinforced, like, every single day. And it's not going to be perfect, you know? No. So, like, as you, as you learn and challenge these ways of thinking like you do have to confront like yeah you have been raised to believe and fall into some of these categories or place men or women in these categories and you have to break them Mm -hmm. and like I think a perfect example is like when Brick House called me out about like um saying like oh I feel like men always want to have sex and him challenging me to like think about um how that's not true mm-hmm. and like what what continuing that narrative uh would actually do so like I appreciate that he challenged me to think about that and like now I see it differently yeah. and um I think if I was ashamed and I was like well that's just what I experienced like yeah then that like defensive about yeah it. then that's just like going against everything we're trying to do on this yes. podcast yeah <laughs> we're constantly learning and like we need to be having these conversations yeah. with each other because like yeah to be so that's the thing like there's a difference between like calling somebody out in that way of just being like I disagree with this and like maybe you should think about it this way rather than like coming at somebody and being like, like you're wrong yeah and it's like because then you're just going to trigger someone into being defensive. Mm-hmm. And then that conversation gets nowhere. Yeah. Right. So It's not productive for anybody. <laughs> I like how this started out as, um, what do you think qualifies a bad kisser? <laughs> this always happens to And us. spins out to, <laughs> ca- to challenging gender roles. <laughs> I live for it. In society. I really do. This is how all of our conversations go, even when we're not recording. That's so true. <laughs> Like, our text conversations are this way. The things we talk about online are like this. Yes, it's so true. It's so funny. Ugh. Okay. Um. No, so, but the thing that I had talked about in the, the episode that got deleted that I think is important to touch on again. Um. So, I had gone on a date with Brick House, and it was after my first date with him, and uh, we hooked up, and it... It was the best sex of my life. <laughs> like, first time we hooked up, best sex of my life. That is so unusual, the first time. I know, what the hell? so amazing. I think I'll just explain high level at this point. Um, so, Brick House is into BDSM, and the first time we hooked up, um, mere hours after meeting. 
<laughs> that's honestly the first time I've like done that and it's gone well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, it like he had told me in advance that he was like into BDSM. Like by the time we like got back to my place, um, he had let me know and he, but he was also like, he had listened to the podcast. So he knew a little bit about like me and my personality and like my preferences before, um, like we, even kissed (laughs) or before even meeting me uh and he was like I think based on some of the things that you've said I think that you would be kind of interested in to some BDSM stuff and to re to recap folks (laughs) I'm pretty obvious about like wanting to be choked Mm -hmm. and liking being spanked but um like I think a lot of people will say that and they they mean it lightly like, yeah, I just want, like, a little bit of hair pulling, a little bit of choking. Yeah. But this is, like, full-on BDSM. Like, I had bruises on my ass the next day. And I, like, it was exactly what I wanted. But he sent me a whole bunch of different resources. And the thing that was most important and stood out the most to me was this portion of BDSM called aftercare. And um, essentially aftercare, it, what it is is the emotional fulfillment you need after like a BDSM scene because um submissives have a much larger drop than a dominant because like you have your adrenaline is really going and I would say after the first time we hooked up I definitely had a little bit of a drop um and it also might have been because we took shrooms (laughs) that'll do it (laughs) and I wasn't sure if I was gonna share that like you know, I did drugs, but, um, I feel like that's a little relevant, you know? Um, so I think it was a combination of both, like a drop from like having just like this insanely awesome first date and like an, a unique sexual experience with like a person who I think is really great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a lot of things to come down from. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, why am I feeling kind of weird? And then he he was like, we need to talk about aftercare if we're going to, like, keep, you know, seeing each other. So when I was reading about it, I was like, holy fuck. I think everyone having sex should be doing this. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, like, this is a lot of what I've been missing in the past with my sexual experiences. Um, there he goes. <laughs> he sees a bird. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I I definitely think that's a lot of what I had been missing, and I mean it's no secret that like I do have a lot of complicated feelings around objectification and um sex in general, and like with my sexual history with past partners of you know being told like the only reason I'm with you is because I like having sex with you, like that fucking sucked and it was painful and then the way that um shoeman treated sex where he like didn't meet any of my emotional needs and um was like very manipulative and controlling but then had this expectation that I should always be wanting to have sex with him and like calling me a fleshlight who talks to him is just I it's so I can't yeah. imagine saying that to somebody. Yeah. It makes me sad. It So I think, um, yeah, just not having any of my emotional needs met in a relationship and then being held to this expectation of like, yep, I just want to fuck you. 
and like you should be willing to do that no matter how you feel yeah or like I don't know you're here for one thing and Mm -hmm. and I found myself like um just like forcing myself to have sex even when I didn't want to because I was like well maybe I'll like be into it when it's happening but the truth is is just like none of my emotional needs were being met and I think that um yeah in a BDSM scene like I'm in control of not having control like I'm consenting to not having any control and I think that's like um the part that is appealing to me Mm. is like um it's my choice to not have control yeah and Whereas before, like, it it wasn't my choice to be subjective. Your power was just being taken from you. Exactly. Wow. So. Wow. um, Yeah, but, like, essentially some of the emotional things that you might need afterwards are, like, words of affirmation or snuggling and um, maybe you want, like, to eat your favorite snack just to feel cared for in the way that is the most meaningful to you. And doms have a drop, too. You know, Mm -hmm. so that was something that we also talked about because I was like, okay, well, if I, you know, it's more likely for a sub to have a drop, like, is what can I also do for you? And then um, for him, he was like, I I just need to make sure, like, I need to know that you feel taken care of and that's how I avoid having a drop. (laughs) Like, having a podcast about sex and dating (laughs) has honestly really, like, forced us to be transparent from the beginning totally with each other so there's no secrets it's like (laughs) if I'm going to be talking about this later I have to talk to you about it first yeah 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 (laughs) um it was that's just such an I don't want to cut you off but it's just such it's such an interesting um idea the aftercare piece because we talked about this when we talked before Mm -hmm. of like yeah it's so important in a b in a bdsm setting to have aftercare but like recognizing even if you're not in a bdsm situation recognizing what you need after sex is exactly so fucking important mm-hmm. like i i was thinking about it after you told me about it and i was like thinking of the times that i've had sex where i've left feeling super empty because as i'm sure everybody listening knows now if you've been listening for a while like i am trying to keep feelings out of almost everything that i'm doing so when i would leave sex and still feel empty it's like well i I went into this knowing that there wasn't going to be any feelings involved. So why do I feel so empty and sad when I'm leaving certain situations? And then you told me about aftercare and I'm like, fuck, like the times that I leave feeling sad are the times that I don't pay attention to my needs after sex. Mm -hmm. Usually it's like, we'll have sex and I'll just get up and leave. And that's when I feel sad. When objectively I'm like, that's what I want. Why the fuck do I care? Like, I want it to just yeah, you, be sex. you want to make it black and white. Yeah. And it's not. And it's not. It, it, there's no way that it can be because sex is, no matter what, no matter how you spin it, it's an emotional thing in some sense. Mm-hmm. It's different for everyone, but it is. there's always a piece of it that's emotional. And I was approaching all of my sexual relationships as just like, I just have a need that needs to be met. You have a need that needs to be met. And then we leave. But it's actually, I have a need that needs to be met. And then also all of these needs afterward. And I'm not telling you to, like, be my boyfriend after all of this. Fuck no. But it's, like, I want to just, like, lay down and, like, chat afterward. Like, yeah. I want to feel like a human afterward. And that aftercare is so fucking important. And it... So important. It's... I think Amelia made a great point of just, like, um, it doesn't need to be 
a BDSM experience. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's it's obvious if it's, like, a BDSM experience. You're like, oh, yeah, I just, like, degraded you Mm -hmm. and, like, essentially used you, but, like, we both were consenting to, to that experience. But, like, it's obvious how that might affect your um emotional state yeah of being like yeah I was just used like what does this mean for my worth or whatever Mm -hmm. so that aftercare portion makes a lot of sense um but no one really considers it in the um like vanilla sex aspect right right um so I think yeah once I was reading more about it I I immediately was like everyone needs to be doing like thinking about aftercare and considering their emotional needs after sex because even if you're in a relationship and like a loving relationship or a long-term relationship hopefully that's also loving whatever relationship you're in you need to be considering your emotional needs after sex absolutely I've been seeing somebody for a while and recently like we it's been kind of rocky because he wants to be exclusive and I do not. Um, so, like, our sex life has been shifting over time. And recently, before we started having the aftercare conversation, I started to realize that, like, after him and I had sex, he would get really edgy and, like, kind of mean. Mm. Um, but not in, like, a not in, like, an abusive sense at all. Like, he would just kind of, like, poke fun at me for shit that was, like, kind of, like, ugh, like maybe not right now, you know? Yeah. And I was like, why is this bugging me? Like, we have the kind of relationship where we're, like, always giving each other shit for stuff, and it's, and it's fun. Like, it's not, like, an, it's not malicious. It's, like, we just, yeah. like, giving each other a hard time. So after sex, he would be doing that, but it would feel so much more personal, because it's like, why are you being mean to me now that you've gotten sex? And I'm like, wait, why the fuck do I care? And it's because... There are all of these emotions that come out when you have sex, and then to feel like you're not being taken care of afterward, if that's what you need, which is clearly what I need, like, it it well, hurts a little bit more. And that's probably also coming from some of his needs, too. Oh, for sure. Like, him wanting to be in an exclusive monogamous relationship with you, and not being able to receive that, and, like, yes. trying to recover from, you know, expressing those feelings when you guys are having sex yeah and having to go back to like being okay with the fact that you're not his girlfriend and you're not in an exclusive relationship so even though it's not personal yeah exactly he's protecting himself so we talked about it yesterday (gasps) yeah how'd it go it was good so he like apologized because he was like i feel like he so he like we we were arguing about something stupid just like for the sake of debating you know yeah um and he texted me and he was like you know what I've been thinking about it and like your side of the debate was right and I was like I'm always fucking right and then he was like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hello <laughs> um but he was like um I've also been like thinking a lot about like how sarcastic I've been with you and I just want to make sure that I haven't been like you know doing too much and I was like, you know what, it's, like, really just, like, the after-sex part that, like, you start to get a little bit too edgy and a little bit too mean, and, like, I don't know how I feel about that. I just want you to be aware of it. And he was like, absolutely, 100%. That's really fucked up that I do that, and I didn't notice, so, like, thank you for telling me. Easy peasy. It's yeah. one of those things that it's, like, it's obviously not going to be easy all the time, but it's, like, yeah, and but it's also, like, if these things are bugging you about the person that you're having sex with, especially if you're having sex with them consistently, like, the getting yourself to say it to them is really scary. But then once you do, like, the person that you're hooking up with, more often than not, doesn't realize that what they're doing is hurting you in any way. So it's just, like, establishing what you need 
and having open conversations about it, especially if they're doing something that doesn't jive with you. Yeah. Like, it's doing yourself a disservice not to say anything, and then it's also doing them a disservice because a lot of these people just want to do right by you, mm-hmm. and they just don't know. Uh, I'm excited that you, like, were able to have this conversation and also had this, like, knowledge and awareness of, like, how to communicate it to him. Yeah. Like, I, you're like, oh, aftercare. Yes, I would have never have been able to recognize it, and that's why it's so important for us to bring it up again, even though yeah. the episode got deleted, because yeah. a lot of people don't realize that that's a need. And put it into practice. Yeah. And just, you know regular vanilla sex that you're having Mm -hmm. and uh, I also have had to confront (laughs) I don't know if I'll I'll keep this in but like um thinking about people who like don't want BDSM sex and only want vanilla sex has been mind-blowing to me (laughs) I'm like oh shit not everyone wants this yes Oh my god, but there are so many kinks that people have that they probably feel the same way. It's like That's people true. aren't into feet. <laughs> yeah, like feet what are do you beautiful. Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> it's also really funny so that true. when it's not BDSM, it's considered vanilla and mm-hmm. not, in a, not in a rude way. No. Because everybody's always like, oh, the sex was so vanilla. But it's like in a BDSM sense, it's like that's yeah, just what in the BDSM, Yeah, BDSM in a BDSM sex. sense, vanilla sex is just the regular sex you're having. When you, told, you, know? when you sent me that quiz and I like the which... Um, sexual deviant are you yeah yeah um and vanilla was like on on the long list I was like oh that's like actually what it's being called Mm -hmm. this BDSM world is so I had no fucking idea so many like categories of it exactly I'm amazed Mm -hmm. it's truly its own world absolutely it's amazing and so I had talked to my therapist about like the um aftercare portion of things and she was like kink has been around for a long time Mm -hmm. and like not a lot of people know all of the the facets of this um kind of sex Uh, so the aftercare portion makes a ton of sense like the people who are involved in kink and bdsm um, have created this community of, of, and I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Like, to have this online community available and, like, um, it's, it's accessible to anyone to be, to, to look into and, like, yeah, it's not just, um, aftercare is not exclusive to BDSM. No. And I think another thing that has been really interesting that I saw, um, I saw this, so I joined, like, a subreddit <laughs> for brats. <laughs> Brat Life subreddit. Oh, my God. Um, but, like, so I was looking at some of the memes, and one of the pictures was, like, um, a man, like, wiping off this woman's, like, shoe. And it was, like, to some people this might look like he's whipped or, like, he's being submissive. But in reality, like like, in a dom-sub situation, like, he's, like, sexually dominating her in the bedroom, but taking care of her outside of the bedroom, and, like, that juxtaposition is so important in BDSM of just, like, being cared for outside of Mm -hmm. having sex, and, um, I saw another one that was, like, a tweet, and it was, like, the same girls who, like, um, getting spanked and choked are, the same girls who will cry if you yell at them and then the comment under it was like 
yeah, dude, she wants to be sexually dominated, not verbally abused. Yes. <laughs> it's like, exactly. That's so important to distinguish. It's, that is, uh, it's like somebody can like something in the bedroom and not like it outside of the bedroom. I was mm-hmm. having this conversation with, um, music man. What do I call him? What do I call him? <laughs> um, about how, like, in, in the real world, like, I hate feeling less than. I think I've actually said yes. on the podcast, yeah. too. I, I like, think I got deleted. <laughs> hate feeling, like, underneath someone and that also has to do with like a lot of working hard to be respected as a woman yeah. too like don't make me feel less than but the second that I'm in bed <laughs> I'm like you you are you dominate me in this situation and like yeah. you tell me where to stand and like you tell me like what to do it's it's totally different and it says nothing about who I am outside of sex mm-hmm. they are totally different so to be like well the, you, she cries when she gets yelled at it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't and also I want you to choke me <laughs> I don't know where the, why this is confusing for you um, well so when I was talking to like a- after my first like kind of BDSM experience with someone who is experienced in this um, area of sex and I have no experience um, yeah after kind of talking to him about it and like why I found it fulfilling and I was enjoying it so much um he was like, I think a lot of women who are in control of a lot of things in their lives and are really independent enjoy being a sub because it's a safe place for them to not have any control. And I was like, absolutely, that's how I feel. Is, you know, having control over so many things in my life and, um, yeah, being incredibly independent and, just strong opinioned and confident like and I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with that too and most of it's internal pressure yeah but yeah aside from that just like choosing to not have any control and like let a man be in control of me in the bedroom is really fulfilling in some way yeah to just not have any control and have my sexual needs met yeah in the same way it's like what we were saying before like having the rather than having your power taken from you you're giving your power away and that's not in like an emotional sense obviously but it's Mm -hmm. that it's that the choice of it is totally different yeah it's there's something appealing about it for sure Mm -hmm. yeah but I absolutely would feel differently about it if my emotional needs weren't being met and that comes with the aftercare part of it, that too. That comes with that aftercare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to check in on, like, um, your partner mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if you're um, submissive or if you're having vanilla sex, I, if you're a woman and you're having vanilla sex with a man, like, also check in on men. <laughs> yeah. See, see uh, how they're feeling after sex. This just goes back to what we were talking about with, like, um, what Brickhouse called you out on. Um, about like that's kind of like a dangerous because we mm-hmm. I think we as women are like well they just it's just sex to them so it's like we don't really need to check in but yeah. I was realizing with um the comedian like every time after we would have sex he would text me later and just be like I had a really good time like he would he would need kind of that like reinforcement not means, that like, probably needs words of affirmation yeah totally and it's not even like a he needs to like be told that he did a good job or anything like that he just mm-hmm. like kind of needed that like um, emotional reconnection and Again, once we started talking about the aftercare stuff, it, like, opened up this whole way of thinking for me that it's, like, oh, like, he just needs to feel taken care of in some sense. So, like, it definitely, 
allowed me to start treating him differently after sex, but not in a way that was like super obvious to him because I, you know, I didn't want yeah, like, to well, do a shift. But it's just like I you mean, need to sometimes talk you need you need a label yeah. to put on it to yeah. understand like oh that's what this is yeah yeah exactly yeah. so I think that's um, kind of what aftercare has done for me is mm-hmm. just like okay there's there's a way to describe this and this is a whole like portion of sex yeah. and like and it feels obvious but it's not yeah like, and that's why I'm so excited to like put this out there and like have exactly people to it, it's I like, really I want everybody to like know the good word <laughs> yes <laughs> the good word of aftercare yeah yeah and then also like I think it's really interesting um uh, there might be someone listening who's like me, who um, is probably like wanting a BDSM experience, but not knowing much about that world. Yeah. And yeah, I I do feel like I'm really thankful that I'm have I had a BDSM experience with someone who is already knowledgeable, and um. Not to say that, like, you shouldn't experiment with your partner if you're in, like, a long-term relationship. Because um, that could be really fun. Yeah. And Learn special. Yeah. yeah. I had a... I need to hear this I had story. a whole fucking night. So, um, we're going to change his name because I felt like the nickname that I picked for him before was... I thought I was just going to talk about him in a vacuum, but it's turned out to be more than just that one date. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I was like, I need a snack for this. <laughs> it's like popcorn. <laughs> I'm ready. We're just going to introduce ASMR into every little bit of this of this podcast. Every episode is going to have an ASMR aspect. Um, but so, like, uh, oh, we're going to call him Dishwasher. And Don't uh, explain why. If, he'll, if he listens, he'll know <laughs> that it's him. But that's okay. Nobody else will. Um, so ha- me and Dishwasher have been on seven dates, four of which have been in his place of residence. So... I would have thought at some point dishwasher would have kissed me like on my way out the door or like while we're like cuddling on the couch watching a movie something like my legs have been over his legs when we're watching a movie and he's like you know like pet my knee little (laughs) little knee caress I don't know what to call that little knee caress but other than that there's been nothing so I was over at his place last night and he, we were, like, we were on the couch for a while. Like, we were, like, drinking a little bit. He had, like, taken an edible, so he was, like, chilled out. And... Straight vibing. Straight vibing. <laughs> and um, he was, like, let's migrate to my bed. And this was what? at, like, midnight. And I was, like, oh, my God, okay. So we, like, got into his bed, and, like, nothing was happening. Like, he was showing me a video on his phone. We were watching a video about um, the woman who voices Siri. <laughs> <laughs> how it came out he was high and I was like kind of drunk so I was like this is the most interesting thing I've ever seen um and like while we were watching it he kind of like put his arm like behind me and like which was kind of like inviting me in to like put my head on his arm and so then the cuddling started um and we were just like like that for like an hour and a half and I was like my head was on his chest and I was just like looking at him and he was talking he like was not making a move and I was like are we just friends that cuddle? <laughs> is that what this is? But it was such an awkward, like, because he was high and it was late and he had fallen asleep a few times and, like, I had kind of almost fallen asleep a few times. But then we, like, would wake because he snores very loudly. Uh. So then I would, like, jolt him awake and he'd be like, oh, I didn't know I wasn't snoring. Like, you know, so then we would, like, be awake and talking. Um, 
And then at, like, 2 in the morning, I was like, well, I'm going to go. And he was like, all right. And then I was like, really? Like, I've been laying in your bed cuddling with you for two hours and you have not made a single move. And it's like, it would be one thing if this was our first time hanging out or, like, this was just, like, a unique experience that we were cuddling. We cuddle every time we hang out and he never does anything more than that. And if we're friends that cuddle, fine. But, like, that doesn't even feel authentic. So it's like... Are you just worried about making a move? But earlier in the night, he had mentioned something. It was in context. It wasn't like, by the way, I don't make a move. He was like, in context, he was like, I usually let the the girl make the move because I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. Like I'm forcing it on her if I'm reading the situation wrong, which was woke. And I was like, fuck yeah. I get, like, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he's a big dude too. So it's like what we were talking about last week or two weeks ago, I guess now. No, it was last week where like, <laughs> If you are in the position with a guy where you are, like, giving the impression that you're ready to have sex, there's pressure to just do it even if you don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, And so for him to say that, I was like, yeah, I get that. So when I was leaving his place at 2 a.m., I, like, left his room and I was, like, getting all of my shit together in the living room. And I was like, no. And I, like, went into his room and he was, like, kind of, like, propped up on his elbow, just, like, watching me, like, get everything ready. And I just went up to him and I just kissed him. <gasps> yeah. And so we just started making out. And um, it just, like, I couldn't tell if it was going to be more than that. But, like, the kissing was, like, really intense. And, like, every time I'd pull away, he would, like, pull me back in. Like, I love that. So I was like, okay, you're into this, too. Okay. Finally. I know. Fucking finally. Damn. And oh, this man, I haven't really spoken much about him on the podcast, but he is so, like, like, he's just so hot. And, like, he's so big. Like, he's, like, he's very, very tall and just, like, very sure of himself. And, like, he's just so sexy to me. He's just so sexy. So, like... I was happy with where this was going. Um, and then it, like, I, like, kind of pulled away, and I was like, anyway, I'm going to go. And he was like, oh, is that your cue? And I was like, yeah. And I, like, stood up. And I was like, nah. And <laughs> I went back in. And I was like, I went on top. Because up till this point, I was just, like, laying beside him, and we were making out. And then I, like, straddled him. And then I, like, pulled back, and he was just, like, running his hands. Like, we were just looking at each other, and he was, like, running his hands on my waist. And, and I was just like, oh, like... He was just like, oh, just how he cared. And he was so tired. So, like, it was kind of like this weird sleepy interaction. Um, anyway, one thing led to the next. And um, so, like, it, it just kind of felt like things were progressing to the point in which we were going to have sex. It was just, like, kind of like yeah. all of this. St- and it, it could have, I could have just been like, I'm going to make you wait. But it was just like, we had been on seven dates at that point. It's yeah. like, it's time for us to jump into this. And we're, we're here. This situation was not ideal for good sex. But, like, he... It was just, like, very selfish sex. Oh. And I don't know if he thinks that I came when he was going down on me. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, like, he finished intentionally fast. And, like... I could tell that he was, like, that was, like, what he was trying to do. It wasn't, like, oh, God, I'm going to cut. Like, you know how that happens sometimes. It's, like, I'm so sorry. Now I'll take care of you. He, like, intentionally came, got up, cleaned himself up, and then just got back into bed and was, like, oh, I'm so tired now. And I was, like, are you fucking joking? And I was talking to um, my my best friend Katie and her, her partner, and her apparently had spoken about this this morning, um, that there – I think that there – 
and and her partner who is a man also thinks that like there is this um insecurity that comes with not being able to make women come from sex just from porn yeah um and if you she didn't come a lot of that is fake Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's like if you didn't make her come during sex you didn't do a good job and that's not true no it's just harder for us to come from just sex well and i think this kind of circles back to the point of why we have this podcast Mm -hmm. is to make people feel comfortable about talking about sex before they have sex yeah um because the ultimate goal should be, like, this needs to be a mutual experience. Yes. You know? You both want to enjoy it. And I think most people are on the same page. Uh, yeah, we both want to enjoy sex, but we're not thinking of all of, like, the emotional ties and aspects that come along with it. Yes. So for him to not ever have to have that conversation and for women to not feel comfortable having that conversation before they decide to have sex, I think is just, like, you know this is perpetuating itself (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I think that I just expected it to be different with him because we had so much sexual tension built up that I was expecting it to be um like a fulfilling experience for both of us and while we were having sex I was thinking I was like this this is kind of disposable for him um because it's been that way for him in the past yeah he's he has had that um be reinforced over time that it is transactional and he's been treated as it being transactional um and a lot of these things you don't learn until you have experiences to teach you Mm -hmm. and that was okay like I didn't go into that situation being like this is about to be life-changing sex but I was disappointed by the fact that I had to be the one to do anything and then it was disappointing for for me yeah. in the end. Yeah. Um, because, like, <laughs> there had been... I respect him a lot as a person. And I feel like he respects me a lot as a person. We've built this friendship by not doing anything for a long time. Like, him and I are... We started dating and, and we... For a while, whenever I would talk about it with anyone, I'm like, I think we're just friends. And that is okay. Like, that's how I was approaching talking about him. So, to have sex, not feel like my part in it was being taken seriously. And then for me to just, I literally from the time that he finished to the time that I had my clothes on and I was going out the door was like three minutes. Cause I was just like, I, I don't want to feel, I don't want to expose myself to a situation where I allow myself to have more of a reason to feel like trash right now. Like I didn't want it to be like, I'm laying in bed with him and then he just falls asleep right away. I'm like, nope, I'm just going to get up and leave because I don't want to be around him for him to fall asleep. Yeah. It was... How were you aftercare-wise? Like, what what did you need there? I think if... And, and it sucks because I was thinking about that. And I think that if I would have... If we would have had sex earlier in the night, I still think that he would have fallen asleep right away. And, like, that wasn't... For him to take an edible before I got there, too, it's mm-hmm. like... And he does that. He he is not considerate at all when I go there. And la- and last night was we have a joke where like whenever I go over, he always makes me run an errand with him. And it's I always go over there late, so it's like why don't you handle this earlier in the day? I'm gonna say to everybody listening, like everything Amelia's told me about this guy before she started talking about him. I have, he's always rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck are you still hanging out with this guy? It was, it started to be a puzzle for me. Like, and I don't like puzzles. I really He's don't. not a puzzle. He's just clueless. That's, that's the thing. And I don't think that I realized that. I was like, oh, I gotta figure him out. Like, I really gotta get to the bottom of this. And, and I get it now. And, and I, 
I don't know how much of what I just said is going to be kept in, but I want I want to say that he is a he is genuinely a good person, and I think that he's well intentioned. Oh, I don't doubt that. No, at and all. I know you don't. But it's like it's I feel like it's important for me to say. I like, dated uh, so um, the guy I dated here. Um, I felt like he was clueless like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as selfish, um, but completely clueless. Yeah. Like, yeah. not considering, um, like, uh, another person. Yeah. If that makes sense. And it's not even being, like, intentionally malicious. It's, no. It's just the fact of the matter. And being clueless hurts a lot of the time. Like, I, I'm just like, I don't want to waste my time with it. But he is so kind and, like, whip smart and like really really easy to be around and I enjoy his friendship and so the confusion paired with that made me want to just like figure it out because it's Mm. like I see so much potential with you that like like I just want to get it and so last night was such a bummer because it's like okay like I get it now like and and I might again like I'm not I'm not absolving any of the responsibility for how it went because I waited a long time to make a move and he didn't know if I wanted to make a move and it was late and he was high and, like, there was all of these factors at play that made the sex bad. But, like, it was just... For for us to wait as long as we did and then for it to be bad was, like... Ugh. And I'm sure that he feel, he's feeling the same way. I haven't heard from him today and usually he texts me, like, right away. And I don't feel like it's a, well, he got what he wanted because we hung out seven times. So it's not yeah. like he, like, was just trying to, like you know, like, bang and leave me high and dry, I think that he's probably feeling the same way. Like, that probably didn't go how either of us expected it to. Yeah. And, like, we're going to have to have a conversation about that. Yep. And that's what I'm, like, I put a lot of importance on being able to, like, be open and have chats about it, but I don't know if he has the maturity to. So it's going to be... You're going to have to initiate the conversation. I think so, too. That's good. We should probably wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well... Thanks, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we will. St- we still need to figure out our intro, and we still need to figure out yeah. our outro. Yeah, we. I never know how to end these. Yeah, it's usually where we get to a point where we're like, that's a good place to stop. Yeah, and like, well, because you and I could talk for fucking hours and hours. Truly, we have to cut ourselves off. Really could. <laughs> we love you we love so you. much, oh. our children. Our we children. love you so much. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Some good harmony. Gatsby's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs>